Well, good evening, River Church. Thank you, Joel. It's good. it's good to be back in this place with you guys tonight as we continue our Kingdom of Heaven series talking about, uh, well, really from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as He talks to us about what living like members of the Kingdom of Heaven looks like here on earth. How having the Kingdom of Heaven, a relationship with God, impacts us in such a way that it changes our lives here on earth. And, and as we've walked through it, it's been kind of a tough series, if you're honest. You've got Jesus addressing these expectations for Christians. Like, maybe something you think is easy, like, okay, we're supposed to make the world around us a better place. Like, the, the places where you live and work and go grocery shopping and get your coffee. You, you should make those places better by virtue of the fact that you're a Christian. He says, hey, your actions should glorify God. Your actions should point to Jesus that other people would see the way you live your life and have your life point them to God. But then he talks about some really, like we, we, we look at that one and we're like, that's good, we like that, we agree with that one. But then we've gotten into some tough things like how Christian brothers and sisters should treat one another in disagreement. That one was a hard one. He, he talked about, if you thought that was hard, talking about how Christians should treat their enemies, people that we have every right, we think, to hate or treat poorly or uh, be mean to or try to get back. And he, he teaches us how we should treat them, and it's with love and kindness and grace and wishing good for them. And then last week, he kind of, I think, gave us a little bit of a break from maybe that when he talked about, here's what the authentic prayer looks like for a Christian. And, and tonight, uh, we're going to talk about the idea of bad trades. Any, you guys ever made a bad trade? You can raise your hand if you have. Thank you, guys. I mean, we can talk, we can talk to each other tonight, okay? It's all right. It's okay. Um, it, it, I would think about some of the all-time bad trades, and since it is um, World Series season right now, right, it's in the World Series right now, it had me thinking about one of the worst baseball trades of all time. Ryan, what's the worst baseball trade of all time? You better not let me down here. You're having to think about it? What's the worst baseball trade of all time? John, what's the worst baseball trade of all time? Prince Fielder. <laughs> Not the Rangers. Babe Ruth, people! Thank you. Oh, Tyler, I'm sorry. I didn't see, I didn't hear you back there. You got to yell louder. Babe Ruth. The Boston Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees, the greatest baseball player of all time, the, the great Bambino, right? The Sultan of Swat, if you've watched uh, some good movies, right? Uh, they traded him to the New York Yankees for not a player, not draft picks, for $100,000 to finance a Broadway play. Now my, my wife is like, that sounds like a pretty good trade to me, right? <laughs> to finance a, a, and you know what's funny is I tried to look it up to see, okay, how much, what was this play? I couldn't even find the name of the play. You know what that tells me? Probably didn't do too well. So you've got the greatest baseball player of all time being traded for some cash to finance a play. And it got me thinking about trades that that I've made in my life or that we make maybe every day that we don't even think about. Like one I was thinking about is maybe you're like, all right, I want to get healthy, so I'm going to start getting up and working out, but you keep trading, working out for some extra sleep. That's not really a bad trade, right? Or maybe it's 
you want to hang out with the kids, but you keep trading and working extra hours for some time with the kids. Or maybe it's peace of mind. And you go, how can I trade peace of mind by spending a lot of time on social media? <clears throat> right? Now, none of these are inherently bad trades, but if you make them over and over and over again, you're going to find that these are damaging trades for our lives. And so Jesus talks to us tonight about some damaging trades that maybe we're making that we don't even realize. So I'm going to read you tonight, Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures on heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, oftentimes we read this passage and we think this is a money passage. This is Jesus talking about the love of money. And he does address money and finances at the end. We talked about what we love uh, more than Jesus. But when I read this passage... I see it really as more than anything about the trade-off of loving one thing versus another thing. If I love this kingdom versus this kingdom, what I'm trading off, what I'm, what I'm giving up. And so Jesus starts off by giving this idea of, of this trade that we may be making. And, and I, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I think the idea here that Jesus gives us is that there's really two options for the way that we're going to spend our life. And I think he clearly defines... If you read it the way Jesus said it, he clearly defines that one of these options is clearly a good option and one of these options is clearly a bad option. So he gives us choice one where he says you can spend your life, your 80 years, your 100 years, whatever you may get, whatever you're blessed with on this earth, chasing stuff that is finite, chasing stuff that will get destroyed, chasing stuff that really doesn't matter in the long run, spending our time, our energy, our money, our thoughts on stuff that it's not going to last. And I think Jesus would say that's a bad trade. That's a, that's a bad trade. Or there's choice two where he says we can spend our lives focused on loving, cherishing, giving our energy, our affection to something that ultimate, ultimately is going to be eternal, ultimately is going to last forever. And I think Jesus is going to tell us that's, that's a good trade. And you hear me give those two ideas and you're like, well, that's an easy trade. I want the stuff that lasts forever versus the stuff that's finite, right? Like if I said, do you want to, would you like to have a truck or a car that's going to last for one year or one that lasts for 20 years? You're going to go one year, obviously, right? So, seems like an easy choice, but if, if you're a baseball owner and I said, you want the greatest baseball player of all time or you want to finance a failed Broadway play, as a baseball owner, you would think the obvious answer would be greatest baseball player of all time, but that's not what happens. And sometimes what we see is in life, we choose poorly. And if I'm honest about the current landscape of what we see in Christianity, maybe right now, is that we are tempted with everything that's happening in our world to choose the finite over the eternal. I think we are very tempted right now in our political season, in COVID, with the way our world looks to think with a view that is very finite versus a view that is very eternal. These treasures, though, that Jesus tells us to seek. Okay, what? Okay, you're talking about finite versus eternal. What are they? He's going to tell us next week. We'll talk about next week in verse 33. He's going to tell us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so when we talk about the treasures that Jesus is telling us to seek, it's that. It's the kingdom of God. It's to seek and chase 
the kingdom of God. And you go, what is that? Well, for us at the river, the way that we describe chasing the kingdom of God is we break it down like this. We want to know God. We want to help you know God. We want to have deep, abiding relationships with Jesus that are fruitful, that, that, that add to our lives, where we know him deeply and wonderfully, and, and by virtue of that, help other people know Jesus. We want to help you and together find freedom from sin and shame and guilt and any other thing that entangles us and keeps us from having that deep, abiding relationship with Jesus and help others around us do that. We want to help each other discover purpose. How has God created me, designed me, made me? What has he put in me so that I can make a difference for the kingdom of God? We want to discover that and help that flourish. And then ultimately we want to use those gifts and abilities for that goal, that purpose of making an eternal difference in this world. Like using even finite things that God puts in this world as tools to make an eternal difference. And I think that as a church, our aim is to judge everything we do by those four values. And you look at COVID and just the different things that are going on, and maybe sometimes we get off track even there as a church, but man, we're getting back to it. And we're going to chase that. And I, I think that there are a lot of things we can chase in this world, but as I think if we look at those four values, we can say those line up with what Jesus is telling us to do. Now, I would encourage us in the space line even to use those four values to evaluate our own lives, to judge our actions, our words, our decisions, how we spend our money, how we spend our time on those four values. Am I seeking? Is this, if this is how we as a group of people are going to chase the kingdom of God, how are we doing there, right? And, and it can flesh itself out in a lot of ways, but it's good to look at our lives and judge it by that. And so Jesus gives us these statements, and then if you notice, he finished that passage with those challenging words, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He says, look, if you treasure the eternal kingdom, if you treasure the eternal, then that's going to become your heart's desire. And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to love the kingdom of heaven more than you love anything else. And when, he, when he's saying the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about himself. I want you to love me, Jesus, God, more than anything else. And then he gives us these next few lines here that I'm going to read where he talks about how maybe, maybe we can kind of get off track here. He says in verse 21, I'll read that again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And you're probably like, why are we talking about eyes now? What's going on? Right? But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? So Jesus starts off with this passage. He's talking about the heart. He's talking about things that we treasure here on earth. And then he goes in this imagery about the eye, and like, what's he, what's he talking about here? But I think if we kind of flesh it out a little bit, we can see that the eye and what he's talking about here has a lot to do with what we treasure. What we focus on, what we put our attention on, what we view, where, where we, we put our undivided attention is going to have a lot to do with what we treasure. And Jesus says here, look, if the eye is healthy... If the eye is healthy, then the whole body is going to be full of light or healthy. But if the eye is bad, the whole body is going to be full of darkness and unhealthy. In other words, the eye has the ability to help you see clearly, focus clearly, go in the right direction, the good direction, or the eye has the ability to corrupt the entire body. And the eye has the ability to mess up the whole thing. Now, if you don't believe me, I have something I want to show you guys tonight. Um, first of all, actually, Joel, would you come up on the stage for me? Yeah, you. 
Unless somebody else wants to do it. No other takers? All right. Tyler maybe in the back? All right. So Joel, here's what I want you to do. I want... (laughs) He's saying don't do it. All right, you see this right here? I've got this nice blue line. Can everybody see this well? All right, I've got this nice blue line. Without, can you hold that for me? All right, yeah. All right, go back. I'm just gonna put this down, and I'm. I want you to, with your wonderful eyes. How good is your vision? Is your vision good? Solid. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not solid. That means. <laughs> it means it's not that good. All right. All right. So with the, your eyes, I want you to just. Just walk the line, man. Just walk the line. One like a balance beam, yeah. That's good. It is, it is a sobriety test. We're actually going to see if you're, we noticed your drumming was a little off tonight. <laughs> we wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go back. All right. That's good. All right. Now, um, I have these things that I brought with me to church tonight. Um, do you guys, you guys know what impairment goggles are? Yeah. So I looked online, I was going to buy some, but they're really expensive. So I made my own. So these are goggles with Vaseline inside of them. So <laughs> um, maybe, I don't know, they could. All right, I want you to turn around and put these on. And um, all right, just put those on real quick. You should be fine. Let's just maybe make this a little, twist it up a little for them. Now, we just want you to do the same thing. Just walk that same line there. Um, it's basically exactly like it was before. And um, we just want to see how well your vision is. All right. There you go. That's good. All right, turn around. How are you seeing? Here, let me help you find it. <laughs> All right, there you go. You see the blue line? Yeah, yeah. Can you see it, really? Uh, no. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, do you I see where it's at? I see a, a, a blue Yeah, just walk straight. Walk straight on the line. You're actually better than I thought you would. <laughs> Alright, you guys give it up for Joel. You can take your glasses off. How'd you feel you did? Yeah, well, if anybody wants to try after church, these are right here. So the whole point of that silly illustration was this idea that the eye, how we see the way we view the world around us really does impact how we live our lives. Like the thing that we're focused on, the way that we use our eyes, if it's blurry, if it's vision's bad, if it's messed up, it's going to impact everything else. And I think if our focus on Jesus is distorted and distracted by the finite things of this world, it's going to impact everything else in our lives. If we take our vision off Jesus, off our King, and we start focusing on the temporal too much, the finite too much, it's going to impact and distort the way that we chase the kingdom. And so if Jesus gives us this idea of here is the kingdom of heaven, here is the kingdom of God, I want you to treasure it, I want you to chase it. If we get too distracted by putting our eyes and our attention and our focus on things that aren't of that kingdom, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make us walk kind of funny. It's going to get us off. And so... Like here's let me give you a really good example, and this is oops, this is one that I know you're tired of hearing me talk about, but I'm not going to stop until maybe in November. I think a very relevant 
example where Christians are getting our eye off the ball and losing some of our perspective is when it's coming to this political season and politics, right? Like we are losing, not, not just that world, but Christians in particular, I think the people I pay most attention to, we're losing our ever-loving minds. Regardless of who you support, regardless of who we want to win, what we think is this is, this is crazy, like this is the, the most important thing in the world because if the other guy wins, then it's what? The end of the world. Regardless of who you support, if the other guy wins, like I'm moving to Canada, right? Except you can't because they won't let us in. Thanks, COVID, right? Like, sorry. So you're stuck no matter what. What's happening here? Our eyes are focused on politics. Our eyes are focused on the kingdom of this world. Our eyes aren't focused on heaven. My, like, all that matters is winning or getting my guy in the White House or getting who I think will save us in the White House. It doesn't matter even about we're losing our Christian witness. It doesn't matter who I hurt in relationships. It doesn't matter how I might even embarrass myself. And again, I'm talking about both sides. I don't think I'm talking about just one person here because I know you're like, oh, he's talking about this guy. No, I'm talking about everybody. Okay, so get off me. But what happens is that we start to get focused on this, and it doesn't matter even what God wants in this. It matters what I want in this. That's how we get distorted. It doesn't matter about God's will. It doesn't matter about what God might want for me and my life or what God's will might be for me in this situation. All that matters is i got to get my guy in at all costs, and it doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter who I upset. It doesn't matter what I say with my words. Like It just matters about being right. Why? Because if my guy doesn't win, it's the end of the world. Which is really the silliest thing to think, isn't it? Because, like, I know we say this all the time, but we don't ever really believe it, right? Because no matter what happens in a few weeks, Jesus is still king. Jesus is still in charge, and I think that the church as a whole would know that if we would fix our eyes on Jesus instead of stumbling around in political drunk goggles. And I think that's kind of what we're doing. I know that's a or rant, but I think it's very important for us right now. Like, and so maybe you hear me say that, you're like, I just think we're getting our vision off a little bit. And I think that, like, do I care about the state of our nation? Absolutely, of course. Do, do I, am I worried about the election, what's going to happen? Absolutely, of course I am. Am I worried about the impact of COVID in the broader sense? Yes, absolutely. Do I think Christians should care about these things? Absolutely, I do. But if my eyes aren't focused, if my eyes are focused on these issues, if my eyes are worried about these problems, if my eyes are so focused on the results, then I'm not focused on or can't be focused on where my true help comes from, where my true salvation comes from. And ultimately, our job as Christians isn't to win a political battle, but to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and trust that he's in charge, trusting him to work and move in our situation and ask God, God, what is your will and desire for me in this? What do you want me to do in this? What would the king have me do? Our job is not to live desperate and afraid. That's for someone who's only living in a temporal kingdom. That's for someone who knows the thing is going to end. And we'll, we'll talk about that a lot next week. But the, the, we've got to ask ourselves, first and foremost, are my eyes focused on the correct kingdom, the right kingdom? Secondly, we've got to ask ourselves this question. This happens a lot when our eyes get blurry, or our vision get blurry, as we become self-deceiving, okay? Anybody in here who maybe once didn't have glasses, now all of a sudden had to start having glasses? All right. You lived your whole life, and you were looking at trees, and what did they look like? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you got your glasses, and what happened? I can see leaves. There's leaves on this thing, right? But if somebody had asked you, 
Could you draw me a picture? Could you paint me a picture? You're going to draw that blob, and you're like, I'm going to draw this blob. And they're like, no, there's leaves. I'm like, this is it, man. Like, no, that's not right. No, this is what I'm seeing. And the problem is we get self-deceiving because we're not seeing correctly anymore. And the problem is what we need is an eye exam, right? We need the eye exam where you go to the doctor, and he's like, read this chart. And you're like, E. He's like, what's below it? And you're like, art. <laughs> it's a Picasso, right? No, you're... We're deceived. And this passage that Jesus gives us here is one way that he gives us the eye exam. This passage right here is one way he gives us a heart exam. This passage is one way he gives us ultimately a loyalty exam. Look at how he finishes it. He says in verse 24, No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will become devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and and money. Here he's talked about money and our treasure, but I think it's even bigger than that here. This eye exam, this heart check, is Jesus straight telling us, look guys, you can't have it both ways. You can't chase the finite and the eternal with all of your heart. You can't love my kingdom and love this kingdom with all your heart. And so this passage is about kingdom treasure. This passage is about having kingdom vision. This passage is about having kingdom loyalty. Because when he says that word uh, servant, who are you going to serve? He's used the word there for slave. Like it's, it's not a gentle word. What he's saying is like you will, as a human being, be owned by something. And we don't like that idea of being owned by something. We don't like the idea of being mastered by something like you can't own me you can't master me but that's even us being owned by our own pride and arrogance right the fact is what we treasure what we value more than anything is going to be the thing that owns us and so christ says you're going to be owned by something you're going to be mastered by something what will you choose will you choose my kingdom or will you choose this kingdom because what owns us is going to impact and challenge every single aspect of our lives and now again, if I give you the question, it's an obvious answer, right? Like you want the eternal kingdom or the finite kingdom? You're like, I want to live forever. I want that one. But again, think Babe Ruth. Right? From that, you guys are never going to be able to think about Babe Ruth again. You're like a stinking sermon that Mike gave. I'm always thinking about that now. Babe Ruth. Sometimes the obvious choice is not the one that we choose. Right? What, ha- what happened there? What, what happened in the story with Babe Ruth? We like to say the owner was just an idiot. And maybe he was, I, didn't, I don't know the guy. But the reality of the matter is that his treasure at the time, you can't fault him, his treasure could be whatever he wants, but his treasure wasn't winning baseball games. The reason he did what he did is because his heart was on something else. His vision was on something else. He was mastered by something else. He wasn't winning baseball games, and because of that, this guy loses the greatest baseball player of all time. Literally, a, a guy is a joke. And so my question for kingdom members, for us, I'm not going to say don't become a joke. <laughs> but the question is that we should, I'm asking us to consider our choice. What are we choosing most often? What are we choosing in our thought life? What are we choosing in our daily life? What are we choosing in our relationships? And the challenge is really to let this passage examine us. Let this even simple idea examine our hearts. Let us have a treasure check. Let us have a vision check. Let us have a loyalty check in this season. I don't know, maybe you look at it and you go, okay, there's, there's some adjusting in my heart that needs to be made. Maybe there is um, some repentance that needs to be had. But I would, man, I would say that 
we can, as a church, as Christians, if we get those things right, we'll see that the eternal is better than the finite every single time. And I know that this seems like such maybe a simple idea, but for Christians, this is so foundational for us because if we get this off, if our, if our treasure isn't King Jesus, right? if that's not the treasure, if that's not the vision, if that's not the loyalty, then if we get that off by just a little bit, we're going to end up way over here and we've missed it because everything else is going to come off of this. It's important. Let me pray for us, guys. River Church, I love you. Or I love you, River Church. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for the challenge of this passage that we would seek and find our true treasure, God. Lord, I pray that in this space you would challenge us to examine our hearts and minds, God, that in this season of life or walking through political season and COVID and just all the things here, God, that we wouldn't lose our focus, we wouldn't lose our vision, Lord, that our hearts would remain in love with you, Jesus. I pray that you would help us as a church to, to kindle that in our spirits, Lord. I love you, God. I ask all these things in your name. Amen.